and we're back. Welcome back to Honesty Talk. We would like to thank all of our supporters. We're, I'm sure you'll agree, Layinka and Sumeya, we're completely overwhelmed with gratitude for the support that we've received so far here at Honesty Talk. We'd like to encourage you to keep sharing, keep commenting, initiate more discussion, share far and wide. Okay, this episode. The question that I would like to pose to you both is this. Can we love Allah if we don't love ourselves? This is all about self-care, self-worth. What are your thoughts? That question, I, I, the first thing that came to me when you said that was just a sigh, like, hmm, that's, huh, <laughs> you know? Because I think when we're thinking of self-love, we think of ourselves. But when, like, digging into that question, in loving myself, I love the creator who, who decreed for me to be here. I love the one who says, kun, and I am, and I exist, and I'm here. And so in not loving myself, am I then saying that Allah made a mistake? Am I saying that I shouldn't, like... I don't deserve to exist. Like there is so, there's so much that when you start picking away at that particular question. That, that's a bit of a deep way of starting this episode, <laughs> but that's true. But it, yeah. If you don't love yourself, does that mean that you're showing a lack of appreciation to the Lord and the creator that created you? And when you were just saying that, it reminded me of something that I heard a few days, in fact, a few days ago where the speaker was saying, you were meant to exist. The fact that that particular sperm, out of the millions of sperm, joined with that egg at that precise moment, that means that you are here for a reason. Now, linking that to Islam and linking that to Allah, that means that Allah Azawajal created us, created you to be here. There is, there is a reason, there is a purpose behind your existence. And when you think of it in that way, how can we not then love ourselves? Because clearly that is an act of love. The fact that Allah Azawajal willed for us to exist is an is an act of love itself. Can we love Allah if we don't love ourselves? I think along the same lines of what you're saying, it, to kind of not have the love is like to not appreciate in that sense. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, trusting in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's wisdom and knowledge that he's, he's done this for a reason, he's decided you should be here. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that he's dignified and honored mankind you know Allah subhanahu wa has given us a certain level and a certain um, status and if we pull ourselves below that out of our own choice and we choose to see ourselves as less than that then then yeah I think that we're contradicting in that way you said there that you know we pull ourselves down whilst he is still he is still elevating our status and our rank his love you know, the way that Allah Azawajal is in his, in his being, in his attributes, is that his love is always there. It's always present. We, by choice, decide to 
bring ourselves down, decide to not love, to not care for ourselves. Hmm. And I know that I took it into a deep place because, you know, when we're talking about self-love and loving ourselves, we often think of acts of self-care, running a bath, you know, going off to a cafe, spending time with yourself or with those you love and things like that. So it's all it's all pretty superficial when we're thinking of self-love, but it's actually really, really deep. So you get sisters who will do the baths, they will do all of that, but they still berate themselves. They still tell themselves you're not enough, that you're not good enough, you're this, you're that, but they're doing the baths. They're doing the Epsom sorts. They're doing all of that, but they don't have love for themselves. So then, so then if that's the case, do you think that we have we have created this notion that self-love is very much the external actions that you do to take care of yourself when actually the real deal here, the real deal in, in terms of self-love is very much an internal state, an internal shift. Sure. Yes. So if, if it's the case that they're taking care of themselves physically um, and they're taking those steps, what's what's difficult in them doing the internal work which will actually produce longer lasting self-love effects? Mm. We weren't taught to. Mm. I think uh, a lot of times, you know, it's, I, and I'm not, I'm not on that blaming your parents bit. You know, I, I don't, I'm not tripping. I know that because I'm a parent, I'm a parent and I know we're trying our best, you know, and everybody gets shaped growing up and they come to where they are. And as adults, we have the opportunity to refine as we grow. This is the journey. So, but we weren't taught. So we weren't necessarily taught how having self-worth manifests. Like we don't know the how. And once you're able to apply those things and kind of take care of your soul, then the, the external um, acts of self-care are just, they just pour out because you, you value yourself in that way and see yourself as worthy of those, that kind of treatment and that's how you treat yourself. Mm. But then a child, how, would, how will a child learn that except by the way that their parents treat themselves, treat, treat them and value them and, and almost mold that self-worth within the child. Because a child is an, is an empty vessel to begin that's with, true. right? Yeah. So that's the only way that a child will recognize and will learn self-love and self-worth is if the parent is instilling true, that right? within their child. And so for me, I think actually parenting is a huge factor surrounding this. And if you think about it, you know, those individuals who lack self-worth when they go through therapy when they go through counseling ultimately it boils down to how they were treated as a child but then i was when you were talking i was like what is how does a parent show and express self-love or teach their child self-love is it from the hugs is it from the affection because this is i think in this new age era of parenting this is what we're told you know you need to be giving them a certain number of strokes and touches a, a day or you know things like <laughs> your facial expression your <laughs> i mean i'm i'm actually very tactile okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> i'm kinesthetic in that way i i do like that and i and i, I express that for my kids because i didn't get that when i was growing mm. up i was 21 
when I remember having my first hug with my father. And has that affected your journey towards self-love and self-worth? I don't think it has. Okay. I, personally, I mean, I'm, as in the lack of, the lack ha, of... Lack of... I know that it affected myself, my, my view of myself right. um, as a woman. Mm -hmm. And I know that heck are we going there but I, yeah we're I going know, there this is, this is, we're bringing it <laughs> i know that it, in terms of uh female male relationships mm -hmm. and how i saw myself in that in that dynamic i know that in my teen years i i desired to be loved i desired mm -hmm. to want to be seen to be heard to be appreciated you know like this was a, an innate thing because i didn't feel like i had that mm -hmm. you know but in terms of my worth, I wasn't thinking along those lines. But if you were to strip my behavior away and kind of look at what you were doing and what was going on underneath, yeah, then you can see the correlation. Yeah. And you can see it in teens. Yeah. You can see it in yeah, it adults. clear. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That their, their destructive behavior is not because they want to rebel and do bad things. It's because they actually have a need that needs to be met mm -hmm. and it's not being fulfilled. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you know, when you asked um, Samaya, you know, how, well, how, I think it was you, how, how can we then teach our children mm. self-worth and self-love? You know, it's self-worth and self-love, I think, is intrinsically linked to forgiveness. Yeah, because we, we tend to lack self-worth and self-love when we blame ourselves, when we berate ourselves. Mm. Yeah, but when we're extremely forgiving of ourselves, that's when we can move on. That's when we say, you know what, actually, these are my own boundaries, you know, and, I, and I'm not going to cross that line. And so I think when it comes to children, it's about, you know, and children will obviously make mistakes. It's about saying when they do make mistakes, that's okay. That's okay. You made a mistake. What are you going to learn from it? let's move on and it's the same for adults mm. you know you've done this you've made this mistake what are you going to learn from it let's move on this person has done this to you that hurt what are you going to do about it to care for yourself let's move on mm. you know so is it um we well we've said that it's it's not just the the baths and the epsom salts and so yeah. forth it's very much an internal state is it what we say to ourselves? Is that what self-worth is? And um, the question that I posed at the beginning, you know, <laughs> linking it to the ability to love Allah uh, is what we say to ourselves and is the way that we treat ourselves preventing us from truly connecting with Allah, but not just with Allah, with other people? I would say yes. Yeah. I would say the lack of ability to love yourself affects your ability to love other people and affects your ability to truly connect with Allah. And affects your ability to receive love. Yes. Because if you don't love yourself and you see it where women's self-sub, a good man comes her way and she will reject him because of the fact that she does not see or deem herself to be worthy of that good treatment. So she'll go for the bad boy. She'll go for the one who goes to prison. She'll go for all of those people because that's what she thinks she deserves. She, she only deserves those guys right but if she had love for herself she would be able to love like accept the love that someone gives her and to go further than that she would say to herself i because i love myself mm. these are my standards yes. 
these are my standards and I will not lower myself to choose anything that goes be below those standards. Mm -hmm. It's simply unacceptable. Yeah. Simply unacceptable. What you're saying also about like how does it manifest with parents, I think that when you, when you see how parents um, look at a child, like how they position them. And sometimes you see this distinction between boys and girls in some families where they'll say like, the parents really invest in the boys in their education and they push them, whereas the girls, they kind of, they cut the girls down a bit. Alhamdulillah in my family, that's not the case. And I think that in the way of being taught about investing in myself comes from my parents. Like when I see the way my dad pushes us, what he looks at in us, now, as an adult, I continue to push myself in that in that direction because it seems like this is this is what I should be doing. This is what I should do, and this is to to grow, to improve is is the way I'm supposed. To, it's what I deserve. Yeah, you know what, Samaya, you 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 you've picked on something, and I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna bring it. Yeah, for us as women, and obviously the majority of our viewers are sisters, are women. I think our self love. And this is quite emotional for me to speak about. So this is me really bringing it to honesty talk. Our self-love is really linked to the type of relationship that we had with our fathers. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, I'm not like Layinka who cries left, right and center. So I'm really trying to control myself here. Let it flow. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not going to let it flow. Um, that's something that I personally have struggled with. My father, um, as you know, uh, is, an, is Nigerian, but he was a very absent, strict, harsh father. And that definitely affected my ability to, to love myself. And people probably are probably <laughs> quite surprised by that because they see you know, Umrayan, you know, who seems quite confident, but actually it took a lot of work for me to get to the point where I am, where, you know, I really put myself down a lot and it was very difficult for me to acknowledge my self-worth and it's still a journey that I'm on. But I can honestly say the comparing, for example, the type of relationship that I had with my father where he didn't show me love, where in fact he was quite um, manipulative and quite abusive, to, for example, the type of relationship that my daughter has with her father, you know, where they're very close and he shows her an immense amount of love. And how, man, that, that girl, <laughs> she loves herself, mashallah. Allah I, can, I can actually see it in my daughter right? as well. She loves yeah. herself. She's not yeah. a people pleaser. Yeah. She, she knows her standards. She knows her boundaries. I mean, she's a teenager now, so she, you know, we're, we're talking about different things. And she's like, no, that's not going to happen. No, when I get married, this is not going to, you know, she knows. But I think that's because, and I have said to her, you know, she said to me, Umi, I don't want to get married young. And I said, that's fine. That's your choice. Let me ask you why. And she said, I've got my dad. I want to do things. So Maya's waving that flag. <laughs> I want to. I want to. I mean, I want to do things. I want to explore the world. I want to. I want to do this. I want to do that. I've got my dad. You know, obviously, I want to get married, but I've. I, I've got my dad's love, and that. And I think you know, comparing comparing the relationship I had with my father, and how I struggled to value myself and set standards for myself to how she is. I really think the way that. Our father, the, the, the way that fathers treat their, their daughters, man, it has such an effect. It's really 
it's not it's not really I don't think it's so much what the mother does obviously that's important but I really believe the relationship fathers have with their daughters and is I think huge. also how the fathers treat the mother of those daughters oh, matters yeah. as well because the girl will see that yeah. and she'll be like oh so is this what I'm to expect or what I'm to accept base like, template right? yeah for the this relationship is, right yeah. so she, she would see that okay mom accepted this this is maybe my way for the world you know that that's how I'm supposed to be this is how we're like or she could completely rebel and go the opposite and, and go the opposite way yeah but it's it's all unspoken like this is 30 plus conversation <laughs> like it's all unspoken you go you're you're bouncing off the walls in your teens and 20s and you don't understand what's going on like you don't understand the underlying you know issue but it is, it is just what you carry from your childhood. Yeah. It's, it's, you take it with you. Yeah. Going back to the initial question, does that affect our relationship with Allah? Because you know, at the end of the day, I am as my servant thinks I am. We all know the Hadith Qudsi, right? I am as my servant thinks I am. So there are Muslims, there are sisters who will choose to perceive Allah as the the one that will just enact his wrath upon them when they make a mistake when they sin when they do wrong that's it allah hates me and that's their perception i've actually had a client like that who in a very tearful session she was like i every time i do a mistake and something bad happens i correlate the two mm, i'm being punished and i said your deeds like does not like allah in his infinite wisdom and he how he ch makes choices he his decisions aren't based on you they're not limited you know they're not limited to what you choose to do when you you could do all the sins in the world and still have a great life and we see people like that out there mm -hmm. so you would think wait hold on so if allah distributes uh, punishment based on your deeds then there should be a heck of a lot of people in bad places mm -hmm. right but that's not what we see but that thing, like, if I do something wrong or if something happens in my life, it's because I have sinned, it's because I am bad, it's because Allah doesn't love me, it's because of all of these things. And linking their qadr and what's happening to their lives to what they have done. Or And then there's that thing of now berating themselves, I must be a terrible Muslim, I'm, you know. And then it stops some people, some sisters actually making tawbah and seeking Allah's forgiveness because I'm, I'm too far I'm too gone. too far gone, hopeless. And that's linked to self-worth. That's linked to self-worth. Yeah, so you have that on the one hand and then you have those that choose to perceive Allah beautifully. Uh, and I, I, I wonder if the perception, their choice in how they perceive Allah is linked to how they see themselves. Definitely. So then, so then that begs the question, is the journey to Allah, is the journey to love Allah, let me rephrase that, does the journey to Allah and does the journey to love Allah have to start from loving ourselves? I believe so. I believe so. It does. You invest, like, you, you'll behave in a way that you're worthy of getting Jannah, you're worthy of forgiveness, you're worthy of pursuing things in a serious manner because you, you believe you're going to make it and you believe you have a shot and God is on your side and, you know, it's not, it doesn't look bleak. 
So that, that changes everything. It changes your complete perception. And we know that what you focus is what you get. Mm. So if you're then, if, if by loving yourself uh, internally, not just with the Bath and the Epsom salts, mm. yeah, but really truly loving and valuing yourself, you're then able to, to you know, say, I deserve Allah's guidance and love and mercy and blessings you'll then actually go out and see those things and expect those things. Yeah. And I am as my servant thinks I am. Yeah. Allah will then give that to you. Mm. Whoa. Equation. Equation right there. Boom, boom. <laughs> boom. <laughs> Someone needs to write that down. <laughs> okay. So it, yeah. so, that, so it starts with us, yeah. as, as does so many things. Yeah. You know, I will not change the condition of a people until they change and inside, that Inside, it's not just about getting your bath done and going on nice long walks. That's all good. That's all good. It starts with actually what thoughts and feelings you have about yourselves, ourselves and actually being real about it. Because again, we're bringing it to the table. Many people don't talk about these things. They don't like to talk to say, I actually don't think I'm worthy of Allah's love. That's like a taboo thing to say. Astaghfirullah, sister. But it's a truth that many people actually hold. Do you know that makes me feel so sad? Honestly, that really makes me feel so sad because life is hard enough as it is. But for you to go through your struggles and your difficulties uh, carrying this weight that Allah is almost against you, a'udhu mm. billah, Man, what kind of existence is that? That's like a death before you've died. Mm. There's no hope. No. You know? Where are you and, that, and that is, you know, sometimes I think, for me, you know, as a revert, I think, like, if I didn't have Islam, how would I survive? Because that, through the difficulties that I've encountered as a Muslim, that's the only thing that's kept me going. Mm. The only thing that's really kept me going is the fact that, I have Allah, I have Allah and I'm going to meet him again. If you don't have that, how on earth do you, do you survive? So, wrapping up this um, interesting discussion, what are your final thoughts about self-love, self-worth and how that's linked to the journey of the believer to love their Lord? So may I start with you? So I think your equation that when we when we work on ourselves, our boundaries, looking after ourselves, our self-worth, we fix the inside, then inshallah the outside follows. Basically what Samia said. <laughs> You're not allowed that. <laughs> what she said. Yeah, it's an inter it starts with us. And when we start on our own, like when we start on our journey to love ourselves, to know, believe, feel, see that we are worthy to be here, that Allah said kun and we are here, that Allah uttered that word for us, then love must flow. Love Absolutely. Must flow. Yeah, I think my, my final thoughts are, we are here, we were destined to be here. Allah decided, chose you to be here. That is a manifestation of his love. And therefore, if he loves you by that mere fact, love yourself and then allow yourself to give love and to receive it okay so that's the end of the episode if what we have spoken about today in regards to self-love self-worth and the journey towards loving allah has resonated with you 
please do visit us on Facebook at Honesty Talk. Comment, share your thoughts. Remember to share the episode and we look forward to seeing you at the next episode, inshallah.